855-995-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. So as we get out of the toddler years, we start to move into the, into the grade school years. And one of the more common problems I know that parents have to deal with around this is, is bedwetting. How do pediatricians recommend that we, we as parents help our children through this stage? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is to never punish a child for bedwetting. Um, so this is not something they can help. And it's really common. I think parents need to know that it's not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with your child. And so the things that we'll typically recommend first is avoiding liquids a few hours before bed. Um, the other thing is what we call timed awakening. So setting an alarm at night, waking the child up at night to use the bathroom once and to try to avoid that. If those kinds of things aren't working, then there are things like bed alarms and medications that we can try to use. Um, but definitely talk to your pediatrician about those things. One of the other common questions that you know you hear a lot about is protecting the child as we're out in the cars. When can we, you know, as we're entering these school age years, safely take our children out of some sort of restraint and just use a seatbelt? Yeah, so the recommendation is that children stay in a booster seat until they're four foot nine inches. So that's typically kind of between eight to 12, I would say for most kids. And so it feels like a long time for parents, but really we want kids to be as safe as they can. Um, when you look at causes of, of injuries and death in children, motor vehicle crashes are one of the top. And so we really wanna make sure they're in a, in a seat belt that's appropriate for them. And so the booster seat is the most appropriate until they're about four feet, nine inches. You know, one of the other common problems that you know we encounter in our school age children is head lice, you know, around that. You know, how can I avoid or how can I have my child avoid being uh, contracting this when they're in school or around other children? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I recommend is just making sure kids aren't sharing hair combs, hairbrushes, barrettes, scrunchies. So that can be a little bit of a challenge, um, especially if friends are passing things around. Um, but something that goes along with that is sometimes kids will get head lice and you have no idea where it came from. So it doesn't say anything about, you know, that child having bad hygiene or anything like that. It's just something that happens. So it's really easy to treat. Um, but yeah, the biggest way to avoid it is to not share hair items. You know, as we continue to grow and we'll go into what we call the tweens, you know, just prior to coming becoming teenagers, how do we as parents begin to kind of prepare our children for puberty and, you know, for, you know, changes as they undergo physiologic changes to become adults? The biggest thing I tell parents is just to be really open and, and talk to your kids about it. And it should be something that you bring up because a lot of times kids are afraid or shy about talking about something that seems a little bit more sensitive. And the things that I recommend is just being really honest about the changes that they might go through, might experience, and also just letting them know that it's something that everybody goes through. So they're not alone because sometimes they feel kind of awkward as their body's going through all these changes. Um, and just letting them know that everybody goes through it, but everybody kind of goes through it different times. So sometimes they'll be worried if they're developing faster than their friends, but really um, leaving it open to where you're having those conversations with your kids, but also letting them know to come and talk to you if they have specific questions about things. And I think it's very important for, you know, parents to know that this is a wonderful opportunity to have the conversation with the pediatrician. We've seen a number of these interactions over the years and can really give parents a lot of help and guidance to have these conversations with your children as they're coming to approach these times. Definitely. Definitely. And so that's another big thing it, when you come for your yearly well checks where, you know, we're always talking about those things and what to look towards. And so we're happy to give tips if, if you need them. And of course, we'll always talk with the parent and child about those changes. You know, this is also a time when we start to see our children become more active, being more active in sports and more active in, you know, other activities. 
what are some tips that you kind of give your patients and, and your patients' parents, you know, around avoiding injuries and things that they may, of these activities they may be involved in? So I think the biggest thing in Arizona that I talk to athletes about is drinking plenty of water. So it's very hot here. We see a lot of kids that end up with, you know, heat stroke, those kinds of things. So drinking plenty of water. And then also just being aware that for whatever sport you're playing, there might be safety equipment, where whether it's helmets or pads, things like that. So it's really important that before you start a a school sport or something like that, that you go through a sports physical with your pediatrician. So we'll ask about your medical history, your family history, things like that, just to make sure that you're safe to play and that we talk about any special precautions you should take for your sport. And I think that's important. You know, we've talked a lot about this. And uh, I think one of the things that we can't underscore enough is having regular check-ins with your clinician or your provider um, as your child is going through all of these stages is critically important so Mm -hmm. we can be on top of and have these conversations as we're going forward. Yeah, definitely. And and for parents to know, you know, we're all on the same team. We want to make sure your child is healthy as possible. And so we're always here as pediatricians for you and your family. You know, so that begets my next question. At what point do you recommend that a child transition to another clinician that's more geared, I guess, to say, to take care of more adult type problems? So around 18 is when we'll recommend that um, children go ahead and transition to adult care. Um, Some pediatricians will see their patients all the way up till about 21, but around 18 is when we'll typically say that they should probably transition to seeing an adult doctor. You know, the last age group that we really haven't talked about is really in that teenage years. And again, we've entered into puberty and we start to have lots of um, opportunities to see new things, experiencing new things, start to drive. You start to see things about sex and drugs and safety. How do you begin to recommend to parents have those conversations with their teenage children, you know, to keep them safe? Yeah. So this is another set of topics that can be challenging, but really important, again, I think for parents to really be open and and honest and and kind of talk to their kids about what they're hearing, what they're seeing at school, what questions they have, Um, talking to them about how they feel about you know, why you shouldn't use drugs and and things like that. And then again, you know, we as pediatricians are always happy to talk to kids as well. And that's something I try to let my adolescent patients know that, you know, you can always come and talk to me if there's certain things that you have questions about. But again, just being open and honest and and then having that be an ongoing conversation. So just, you know, always kind of checking in with your kids and letting them know that they can always come to you if they have specific questions about things. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about children's health and growth milestones. One of the more recent phenomenons, or ones that we continue to read about, uh, unfortunately, in in the media, is really around um, peer pressure and bullying, especially with uh, you know the increased use of social media and phones and all of these types of things. So, what are some of the things that advice that you give your teenage patients and the parents of teenage patients to help to deal with some of these challenges that, frankly, weren't there you know a lot of years ago? Yeah, it's definitely tough being a teenager now, I think, especially with all the social media. So I think, you know, I always talk to my patients and see kind of what's been going on at school, if they know of people being bullied, if that's something they've experienced themselves, and just letting them know that, you know, what are the steps that you can take if that's something that's going on. And I think for parents, it's important to, as well as the child, to know and to be empowered enough to say, you know, talk to an adult, um, get someone to help if you know something's going on. And I think it's a, that's another topic. It's important for parents to continue to have conversations with their kids about, you know, if they if bullying is something they see at school or on social media. Um, and then as adults, I think, too, our 
job is to be good role models of good behavior as well so that kids are seeing that, you know, as parents, you know, we're not bullying, we're being kind to other people and why that's so important. Um, so again, I think it's it's important to have those open conversations and then let kids know that, you know, that their parents, their teachers will advocate for them if, if a bullying situation arises. Is there any age that you've recommended or, you know, a literature that you've seen about how long we should try to keep our kids away from, you know, the dangers of social media? Just as a pediatrician, and I think just with all the things that can come with social media, I think um, waiting till your child is, I, I think, around teenage years. But I think the more important thing is really having a conversation with your child and then having limits that are set on that as well. Um, making sure your child knows that it's something that you're going to be checking in on. And there's lots of apps for parents to be able to kind of be aware what their what their children are doing. And so um, just having those conversations, again, about just things to look out for um, for kids and, again, setting limits, I think, is really important. You know, one of the things that we often see or often read about in children, especially in these teenage years, is the cyclical types of moods and behaviors that we may see, which may be worsened by this you know, social media phenomenon that we've been talking about. So how are we able to tell and assess, is this just normal teenage behavior, this moodiness, or is my true child truly depressed and we need to be seeking you know, additional help? Yeah. And I will say definitely during the, the past year, during the pandemic, we've definitely seen an increase in depression and anxiety in the teenagers that we see. And so I think as, as parents, things to be looking out for is if, you know, if your child is more irritable, not sleeping well, changes in appetite, um, you know, any any big changes that you see in your child, or if you have any concerns at all, just call your pediatrician and we're happy to, to see your child and connect you all with resources. I think um, the other thing is, is that when kids come in for their well child checks, depression is something that we screen for because it can be a really difficult thing to to tell, you know, is is that something my teenager is experiencing or is it, you know, they're kind of keeping how they're feeling to themselves. And so always, you know, feel, out to, feel free to reach out to your pediatrician if you're concerned about your child's behavior. Are there any types of times of conversations, you know, as you're having in these teenage years where you may have to refer these types of individuals out for more specialized care? Yeah, we work really closely with behavioral health and psychiatry. Um, so we're really fortunate in our clinic that we have um, social workers and care coordinators that are really aware of the resources that exist within our community. And so I think mental well-being is incredibly important. And so it's really important to us to be able to connect patients to that. And so we're lucky we have a team where we can we can make that possible. What should I be concerned, you know, as we're going through all of these spectrums, and I'm sure it can happen along any time along this growth development curve, that my child may having some sort of learning, you know, challenges, and how do we as parents help identify those and point those out for individuals? Yeah, so with learning difficulties, it typically is something that's pointed out by the teacher or the parent feels that way themselves if a child's not really able to keep up or or other things in, in class. And so when that's a concern, we can help um, the child get evaluated by the school or, or um, other resources to see if they are diagnosed with a learning disability or something else like ADHD or something like that. Um, and development is definitely something we keep an eye on through from birth all the way up through the teenage years. So if you're following up with your pediatrician um, on a regular basis, it is something that we're looking at. And if we feel like your child is maybe struggling in one area, we'll make sure to connect you with the resources to kind of help with, help with that. 
Well, kind of as we're ending our time here together, what are three things that you would encourage parents to do as their children are going through all of these different changes and coming through to ensure that they are as healthy and as successful as they can be in the future? Yeah. So I think for me, the biggest thing is to make sure to go to all your well child checks and keep up to date on your vaccines. Um, Like I said, your pediatrician is going to be watching the growth, the development, everything of your child and can really help answer the questions at each stage. And like I said, we're here for your child, we're here for your family. And so we're always happy to help answer those questions. Uh, The second thing, and this seems so simple, but I think something we've kind of lost in this day and age of screens and all of that is just to encourage your child to play. So play is such an important part of development. It's great for kids mental and physical health. So whether that's, you know, imaginative play in our younger kids or older kids doing sports or other things outside, I think encouraging kids kids to play and to, you know, be out with others, um, whether it's your family or other people, you know, safely now in the time of COVID, I think that's really important. Um, and then the third thing I think is is just to, to know that, um, you know, each stage in a child's life is really exciting, but also can come with a lot of questions and um, it, you can kind of, sometimes I think parents feel alone in that. And I just, I think it's really important for them to know just to reach out to your pediatrician anytime. That's why we're here. It's what I always tell parents. And, you know, we love our jobs. We love um, getting to see you and we want to hear from you if you're worried. So if, like I said, we're on call 24 seven, we're happy to answer your questions and we're always happy to see your child if you have concerns. Dr. Lust, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear something again, you can access all of our blogs and podcasts at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thank you again and have a great week. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.